Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. It's time for our word from God, yes. So we, I said at the beginning that part of starting in worship is to prepare our hearts for the word. We've got an exciting season in expectation, and I don't know about you, but every week seems to go poof, poof, poof. Just, just build and grow on each other. We've got Ali um, this morning, and you know he's, he's been sitting with God. He's produced a whole document so that the rest of the uh, preachers can dig into that and have a foundation for this series. So... Soften your heart and hear from God your word from Ali, through, through Ali this morning. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning, everybody in the room, online, welcome. And if you're watching back as well, good to engage with you in that format. I want to be straight up front with you this morning. Um, this sermon might not help you today. That's the truth. That's the reality. Uh, it, um, it could do. All things are possible with God. Amen. But uh, God of miracles. Yeah, come on, help me out. Help me out. <laughs> Anything else. Uh, it could be an uphill struggle from leaving this place. I, I've preached this word several times in different formats because uh, I believe in it. But... Um, I don't know, it doesn't always seem to work. Uh, but I'm going to go for it again. I'm going to go for it again because I do believe in it. And you might think, Ali, why are you flogging a dead horse? Why don't you come up with something else that sounds a little bit more exciting? Um, I think the problem isn't that the horse is dead. I don't think people are quite... I think people want to get on the horse, but it's a challenge to get on the horse. So... I don't know, I guess my prayer, Lord, is let's get on the horse. Anyway, let's not talk metaphorically too much more because um, I'm sure you want to know what's coming up. So, in fact, that might be a good cue to pray. Um, let's pray. Father God, as we open your word, may it, Lord, fulfill the purpose that you intended it to do. Of all the messages that I've preached on this subject in this way, Lord, may this message finally break through in the way that I believe it should so that we would experience such a difference in our lives. Amen? I feel a bit more optimistic now. Now we've prayed. Hopefully, got you inquisitive and a little bit more on side. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them to Luke 8 or turn them on. Um, if not, I'm not going to show all the verses uh, on the screen. We're going to uh, look at a few of them as we unpack some of this. But allow me to read the Word of God to you. We're going to go for 15 verses from Luke 8. This morning, we're going to be focusing on the parable of the sower. So Luke 8. I know you're not excited yet, but hopefully you will be. Luke, Luke 8. After this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news 
of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Uh, Mary, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Are you ready? This is the crux. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up, and it choked the plants. Still other feeds, seed fell on good soil, it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than that was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's go down to verse 11. Jesus says, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So, the word for our year is expectation. And the words for my sermon title are seeds of expectation. Seeds of expectation. We could have, the, the word for the year could have been faith, in all honesty. And the reason we chose expectation, more than anything, was to pick a different word, because when we say faith, it's so familiar, and we know we should do it, and we know we have it, and, and all the rest of it, but it immediately puts us in a certain mindset. Expectation might be a fruit of faith, but it's closely related and, and overlapped, but expectation starts to conjure up something within us, something active, because the Word of God is living and active, Right? And we need to exercise it by faith. So faith, expectation, wherever we are on that. But we're looking at seeds of expectation. Expectation doesn't just happen. It's, it, it grows. It develops. Normally, that's the case. We don't just suddenly expect something. Something is a catalyst for that expectation. I want to put it to you that... The Word of God is our catalyst for expectation. And that's my heart that we all see that for the rest of our lives. But this year, we're going to focus on it. We're going to deliberately bang on about it. We're going to repeat ourselves so this gets through into your system and becomes a living reality. Because if you're anything like me, you can get easily hyped. And even outside of that, I can get 
genuinely excited by the things of God, but they need to be sustained in expectancy for them to come forth. That's my message. Let's break it down um, a little bit. We're going to concentrate, just break down those explanations of Jesus, and I'm going to camp in the last one. But let's make sure we have some context, first of all. Let me just make this point, first of all, before we do that. When we're talking about seeds and harvest, it's a subject that, and a concept that is throughout Scripture, right from the beginning, Genesis 1, the creation order, we see seed time and harvest. We see it throughout the Scriptures, through the Apostle Paul exclaiming, and Lynn has already mentioned that in the offering, and we have so many verses and points of reference from the Holy Scriptures that this is a major concept. God instigated it, and we can see it. We here see it parabolically, but we can also see it in work, in our lives, in practice. And that is what we're going to go for. But there are three, let's just broaden this out before we go narrow. There are, I want to propose there are three types of harvest, seed time and harvest. And we'll be unpacking some of these as we go throughout the year. First of all, there is salvation. John 12, 24 Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. He's talking about the harvest of salvation. Cue the cross. This cross represents the death of Jesus Christ. And without this, oh, thought it was going to fall over then. Without this, there's no point in putting your names on. It's only because Jesus died. He was the ultimate seed that died and was buried in the ground and came up in newness of life that all these people potentially can have that same experience. This is the greatest seed time and harvest, salvation. And just putting a name on there does nothing. Just putting a name on is pointless. But if we put a name on as a point of reference and everything that Lynn has already uh, encouraged us with, if, if we put that as a point of reference in our faith, and if we are determined, particularly just focused around this campaign of prayer and fasting, 21 days starting the 9th of March, then we will focus ourselves in. We will join uh, confessions with Christ, and his will becomes our will, and we pray into that, then we are planting seeds of salvation. Now we can't make it happen. God is sovereign, but we can align ourselves to his goodwill and purpose, and we can be expectant. And what I see from the scripture in life, my life and the lives of others is God can't help himself. He just can't help. When faith is there, he's just like magnetized to it. When there is persistence, he is drawn to it. So who knows? Who knows? It's getting a bit more exciting now than I started. Who knows what could happen? The second area of harvesting is our character. You might say righteousness. Hebrews 12, 11 says, No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. The scriptures are full 
of how we live our lives, right? Somebody says it's an acronym, Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. If you haven't heard that one, it's so true. It's packed with instructions for us. It tells us how to live our lives so that we can be productive and fruitful. That's a second area. The third area, which we're going to focus on, and we could focus on any one of them, but is, is blessing. And I've put blessing, stroke, provision. And again, just a couple of verses after the one that Lynn brought to us around the offering. 2 Corinthians 9.10, it says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. We're blessed to be a blessing. And I want to focus, because we can focus on uh, lots of areas. I want to focus on that in the few minutes I have left. And we're going to unpack a few verses on Jesus' explanation of the parable of the sower. If you want to go deeper into this, we're just doing one message. Uh, this is not a series, but I did a series, I think it was back in 2020. Remember that horrible year? 2020 at the beginning of the year. And I did a, I think I started that year, it might have been 2019, but I think it was 2020, a five-week series on this. So you can go a great level of detail. Uh, but I want to focus us in, and maybe that's a, a catalyst for us to go back and uh, hear some more. Uh, if I could call my glamorous assistant, give her a hand. She's just going to help me just visualize some stuff for you. This isn't practice, so it might all go wrong, and it looks like a health and safety nightmare, but it's going to be all right on the night. Is that going to go on there? Fantastic. Okay, so this is my visual for you this morning. Paul's going to make sure it's all good. Fantastic. That's better. That's better. That's great. Thank you. Okay, so we have, brilliant, give her a round of applause, thank you. Okay, we have, it's steady, sturdy. We have our seed, it's a bag of seed. We have our soil, fresh from 34 Newstead Drive. And we have our water. Let's have a look what Jesus is talking about. Because I don't want to change what he did. I think there is power in this message. And it's very simple. It's very powerful. But it's also very challenging. In, particularly in the day and age that we're living right now. And we'll probably unpack a little bit of that as we go along. So, verses will be coming up on the screen Verse 11 says, this is the meaning of the parable. Let's get the basics right from the start, because if we don't do that, then we're going to be wasting our time. The seed is the Word of God. I meant to bring my Bible. Who's got a Bible they're willing to sacrifice just visually? Thank you very much, Pastor, the most illustrated Bible in the church. That's still holding good. Okay, so just so you're absolutely sure and don't forget this verse on the scripture. Everybody clear? Anybody confused at this stage? The seed is the Word of God. The Word of God, whether it's in your good old-fashioned paper format, whether it's on a screen, whether it's digitally on your phone, 
It's the essence of what God thinks. His expressed thoughts are in word form for us to understand and live our lives out and be productive and fruitful. Amen? Okay. Verse 12. Those along the path, and I'm not going to spend lots of time on these, but I'm going to camp on the last one. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So this is the classic. This is the absolute classic. And it doesn't just happen here. It probably happens in most churches around the world. We can be faithful people. We can love God. We can want the kingdom to come. We can tick all the right boxes genuinely. So I'm not, this is not a but, but, but. But if we don't, do anything in the moment where the scriptures are opened. If we can get excited and you can amen, and I want to encourage, still encourage you to do that. But if you don't do anything after that, you've wasted your amens. You really have. I was going to say potentially, but I'm going to be harsh and say you've wa- you've definitely wasted them because. The Word of God, first of all, it can't stay in a bag. And even now, oh, I so want just to chuck this out, but it's going to be a nightmare clearing it all up. <laughs> Everybody on staff is like, no, but everything inside me is wanting to absolutely, because you'll remember it, won't you? The seed of God. This wasn't planned. I don't know what's happening. I feel like, oh no, Lynn's all over it. The seed of God, I hope that gets hoovered up, is scattered. Just receive it. Amen. There we go. Everybody will remember that. (laughs) Sorry, Lynn. Did it get in here? I'll hoover. I don't mind. I think I'll have to now. Okay. So hopefully we'll... Sorry, mate. Happy birthday. Sorry. How was church at the Rock Church? Yeah, it was all right. Apart from still trying to get this flipping seed out of my hair. So we must do something with it because... Worse than that is that we come and under the Word of God, whether it's in church or you open your Bible at home, but you're less likely to do that at home if you've got a hard heart because you just won't want to do it. You're forced kind of at church. But if our hearts are hard, then the, 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 that's all pressed down and the seed can't get in. We need to cultivate our hearts. We need to plow our hearts. It's so important that even before we come together, anytime we open the Word of God, that we at least pray, God, speak to me. I open my heart. Uh, and may, may your will be my will. Uh, I'm open to correction and rebuke. Uh, I, I just want to be fruitful for you. Uh, we could do a whole series on that. But let's go to verse 13. The rocky soil. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the Word with joy when they hear it. But they're <laughs> everybody's getting in the corner of my eye still. Sorry, man. This could have gone disastrously wrong, but I've done it now. Um, Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy 
when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Anybody in, in Christ this morning ever been tested by God? <laughs> Just been tested by the trials of the world that we're in? I don't know whether that's... That, that's certainly deep enough for... Uh, these are just grass seeds. That's deep enough for the grass seeds. But maybe that... Imagine that being just like a centimeter or an inch. I, in my garden, there are parts that are shallow. And I, I just know. Kate will tell you that I'm just obsessed with my grass. I want it to be better than it is. And it's, it is how it is. But uh, I just love looking at a nicely cut lawn. Anybody... anybody Grass geeks out there with me, amen, amen. Just feel a connection spiritually. Thank you. I'm, I'm not alone, Lord, I'm not alone. And, you know, I need, I need to spend the time just to dig, to get some depth there and, and, and make it more deeper. But it's just classics, what happens, I can throw the seed on there and I can even, I can even cut it up and plow it as much as I can. But... It will, it will grow, but not fully. And then as soon as the sun comes, it's got no strength in the root, and it just dries out so much easier um, than the others. And so can be us, is that we, we come and we can get excited, which is great, but if there's no depth in our life, if we're, if we're not cultivating the ground, if we're not digging up some past hurts and getting rid of them, if we're not um, creating room for God in our schedules, then we will just remain shallow. It's better than hard, but it's not where God wants us to be fully, right? So let's make sure that we press in. It's the reason we did Devotion Explosion. We do every year uh, a campaign at the beginning of the year to, to help us to discipline ourselves, to make sure that we're not out the habit of meeting with God, whether here, on our own, wherever. And then we get verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go away on the way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Just let that sink in just for time's sake. What worries do you have? Is a in reality, a uh, affluent Western world with all of our devices and gadgets and whether it be transportation, just things on tap just to help us with absolutely everything in life, is it, are they becoming our focus rather than the one who created them for us? And then for time's sake, let's just camp for a few minutes on the good soil, verse 15. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. And they do three things noted in the scripture here. They hear it, they retain it, and by perseverance, they produce a crop. And this is what this year is all about. It's not just about hearing the word, because we hear it every week. I trust that you open the scriptures and hear it on a regular basis. But how do we get it? How do I get that so that, it, in this instance, these grass seeds produce grass? 
Well, first of all, I've got to trust in the process because if I suddenly look at one of these little seeds and I think to myself, that ain't going to be grass. That's just a bit of dead something. And that is the miracle of God. And we can look around in the world and we can see even through science so many things that we're finding out about God's creation. I mean, look at gravity. We know how gravity works, but no one can write, explain how it's manufactured. You know, God created gravity. We can look at the seed and we can, we can understand the process, the soil. Talk about the water probably in a minute and we need the sunlight and it happens. But how does that? We know how it turns, but we don't know how. You know what I mean? So we have to trust the process. And sometimes the word of God, when we're confronted by it, it's like, how is that going to ever happen? Because we're trying, particularly in this day and age, and the increase of knowledge which the Bible talks about in the last days is going to increase. We just know so much about so much that we don't have to trust God. Or it's harder to trust God because we can start to work things out on our own. And, and okay, well, that might not happen, and that might happen, and, and what if that? But actually, we just need to trust in the Word of God. Trust that it's going to happen. Trust that it's going to bring forth that which it was accomplished to do. So we hear the Word. No massive problems there. Although I would say, if you're not in your Bible, and I don't want to be religious and say daily, but you, you eat food daily, and you, you need that. And our food, the, the Word of the God is our daily food. If you're not chewing on this, if you're not absorbing this, if you're not taking that in in any shape or form, you can expect to be unproductive in that day. And if it happens a couple of days, you can expect to be even more unproductive. And the longer it goes on, if you're waiting week to week for the Word of God, you are limiting, you are spiritually starving yourself from everything that God wants for you. Now, here's the point. I need to move on. Here's the point. This is what everything is focusing on. These last five minutes, make sure you're listening to this. It's all about retaining and persevering. We've got to make sure that the birds of the air don't come and take these things. We've got to, if we retain it, it's got to be pushed deeper and deeper into the soil. The soil represents our hearts. Jesus says that, and and it's clear from the scriptures and and all the gospel writings. In most Bibles, this narrative is entitled by the Bible producers, the the parable of the sower. It's probably better, the parable of of, of the soils, because it's all about the condition of our hearts. Are we open and receptive to the word of God? Well, if we are great, but we need to continue in that. If we are going to turn the Word of God into something that is tangibly expectant in our lives to come to fruition, we have to push the Word of God. We have to, the Bible talks about meditation. That's not a, just a, a Far Eastern perverse um, way of what God said to do, to, to ruminate, to remember, to recall, to think upon. God's word. It's an actual reality and a truth that the only way we can get to expectation. Now, God might be gracious and we might hear a word and it might come to fruition straight away. God does that. 
He can do that. But I would say 80, 90 plus percent more of the time is that all the promises of God, particularly in this blessings provision category of seed time and harvest, they are seeds that we need to meditate on. We need to confess regularly. If you've got something specific you're standing on for the word of God, just to say it once in a service where it's easy to do and give your amen. It's a great start, don't get me wrong. But you need to be amen in that every day. You need to be looking at that promise in different uh, translations. Ideally, I would say you want to just be stop and just think and say, God, just teach me about this promise. Show me something else because it's not always just clear cut like we think it is. And he will expand on it. It will start to permeate your heart. It will get deeper. It will get deeper. There's no way that the enemy and the birds of the air and that analogy can come and take it away. It becomes a, a living reality in your life. And at some point, it will come to a state of death or something, whatever it does in the process in your heart, where it's done its work and you just got to wait there because the promise has suddenly become a reality. And yet still you see nothing. So you've got to retain it. That's the retaining, getting it right into pushing it down into the soil of your heart, cover it up and keep pressing it. Yes, I believe it, Lord. Yes, I confess it. I put my amen with your amen. Corinthians talks about this. I think I've got the verse here. Let me give it to you really quickly because this is important part of the retaining. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. When you not just when you retain the word of God through affirmations, through aligning yourself with what God says, and you give your amen on top of his amen, it ascends to God for his glory. God gets glorified, but yet nothing's happened. In, nothing is manifest yet, but God gets the glory. It's in this time of of Yes, maybe testing and trial, but in this time of persevering, this time of drilling down, this time of every day giving your yes and amen till it comes apart of you, that God is getting glorified, but yet nobody can see anything. But you know in the depths of your heart, Something has happened. Something is germinating. Something is going to come up. It might be Friday on the cross, but Sunday morning's coming. It's going to happen at some point. And then you just, that's when you actually get to live in expectancy. Not hyped expectancy, but a real living expectancy that God's word is going to come to pass. That's the journey that we want to take you all on this year. There are so many promises of God. How are we doing for time? Okay, but not brilliant. Okay, there are so many promises of God. I might just put these on a document or something and send them out to us all just as a reminder. But let me just whistle through them and make a comment and then link and come up. So if the band want to come up, that just helps you to realize that oh, I am actually going to stop but it will probably encourage me too much and I'll carry on too long. That's the way it goes. Um, John 3.16. Are, are you listening? Here's some seed. I'm going to throw some seed at you. I've, I've done the metaphorical. For, I'm going to throw some spiritual stuff at you now. John 3.16. Listen for the promises. Listen for the blessings. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Is anybody feeling like they're just not righteous in Christ? You need to meditate on this verse. You need to repeat this verse. You need to keep quoting this verse. You need to say amen to this verse every single day of your life until it becomes a reality because you will live a substandard life thinking you are somebody that you are not and thinking the devil allowing you to think that you are somebody that you are actually are. Um, John 8, stop commentating on every single one. John 8, 36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free. And you will be free, not possibly or sometimes. You will be free at that moment. Matthew 7, 9, 11, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, in context, just means you, you, you're not perfect, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's speaking of the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Spirit and you just like confused, maybe it's not for you, whatever, you can just ask him just like you did for your salvation and it will come to you. Alistair, stop commentating. John John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Will there be troubles? Will there be trials? Yes, but he still wants you to have a full life. Stay focused. Psalm 103, 2, 3, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes we are healed not gonna be healed we are on the cross Jesus did everything he finished he said it is finished we now have to appropriate that how do we appropriate a healing this is my expectation here I want to get at some point this year to know that I am fully healed of what I need to be healed of keep pushing it down that's what I'm doing if you want to join me on that for healing then you can quote some healing verses uh, Hebrews 13, 5, never will I believe you, never will I forsake you. John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Stop it. Stop leaning on your own understanding. I'm talking to myself front of the queue. Stop it. Because if we do stop it and submit to him, he will make our path straight. Promise, clear cut. Isaiah, oh, I've got too many. Time's gone. Let's see, you get the point. You get the point. There are, I think there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. Over 7,000. I don't know how many is in here, but it probably is about the same. Probably about 5,000 now, I've chucked two out. But there's plenty of promises for us to go at. Even if you just start with one or two. It's a good start, but there's so many for us. But they all take an action I have to do something here with the soil I have to you have to do something with them nearly every one of those scriptures that I've read and another half that I haven't I've colored in red the bits that we have to do there are conditions You've glossed over them because we like to go to the outcome. We like the promise. We're like, I'll never leave you. I'll never, you know, you'll make my path straight. But we've got to do the red bits. We've got to do the bits that God says. If you do this, I will do this. Right? 